0: Welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend And DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in here on our week, uh, twice-weekly podcast. Uh, we're live every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube. And, of course, you can find us uh, anywhere. Podcasts can be found by simply searching for Patchwork Heart Radio. Uh, as always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Andy Santis. And how are you doing today?
1: Oh, doing awesome bill great to be here I love June and I love the month of July it's a beautiful month
0: yes it really is uh, summertime is just a great time to be here and um, and just be with our listeners too uh, you might be outside uh, strolling a beautiful um, you know park or something like that or strolling along the beach as you're listening to the podcast and so we certainly welcome you in and um and I know we had a few technical difficulties uh, last week with one of our guests, and so we said, "Come on back," because <laughs> it was so so good. And um, you know, I'm I'm excited about uh, our guest today. If you want to tell us a little bit about her,
1: yes, I'm excited as well. And and we also thank her for her patience and uh, the fact that we can actually re, pre record this one and, and also be able to get her message out to you who are listening. And her her name is Emily Jaminet. Her two websites that we can refer to here are emilyjaminette.com and welcomehisheart.com. I'd love to read her bio if I could. And this is right from her website at Is Jam- She co-authored the award-winning book Divine Mercy for Moms and the Friendship Project Prayerfully and our friend Faustina? And her most recent book is The Secrets of the Sacred Heart. I'm going to back up a little bit that Emily Jaminette is a Catholic author, speaker, radio personality, wife, and mother of seven children and the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronment Network at welcomehisheart.com and the co-founder of inspirethefaith.com. I want to continue with where I left off on on the part about her authorship is that she serves on the board of directors for Columbus Catholic Women's Conference and the Pope John Paul II Preschool and writes on a regular basis for catholicmom.com and diocesan.com. Michelle uh, Fainley and her her recently started a podcast called Inspire the Faith, which is also aired on St. Gabriel Radio. Emily earned her bachelor's degree in mental health and human services from the Franciscan University of Steubenville and was honored by Franciscan with the Bishop John King Musio Service Award in October of 2018. Now there's a whole lot more to her bio, but we'll just start there. And welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Bill, for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's funny to hear your bio read, right? Because you don't think of all those types of things. You just think of yourself as a little worker in the kingdom. So it's kind of uh, just a privilege to be here and to talk about uh, spreading hope to other people. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you, and uh, I know um, I'm excited because, um, you know, the the Sacred Heart is close to you, and here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, we're all about sowing hope into broken hearts, um, and so I'm just excited to be able to talk with you today because uh, we get to really delve into that heart of Jesus and and uh, how, how beautiful that Sacred Heart of Jesus really is. So thanks so much for all the great work you're doing, and uh, maybe for our listeners, just uh, give them a little bit of an overview of how you came into uh, an awareness of your Catholic faith, you know, a lived practice of your Catholic faith, um, and share a little bit of whatever the Holy Spirit wants to wants you to share with our listeners today.
2: Sure. Um, I, I guess you could say a very ordinary but yet extraordinary childhood, being that I was raised in a Catholic family. My dad actually went through a conversion. He is a convert to the faith. And i still remember when he encountered the holy spirit for the first time it just came alive he had a really amazing experience in the home through personal prayer and anointing of the holy spirit so that was kind of my my backdrop going to public school seeing the importance of faith and then really the impact of my own grandparents uh my grandparents and extended relatives all had a distinct devotion to the sacred heart and the immaculate heart of mary they prayed the rosary daily they talked about their faith, and then they practiced their faith, uh, not only participating in parish activities, but my grandfather was a man of the member of the men of the Sacred Hearts, a movement that um, promoted the Sacred Heart devotion specifically. He actually made and cut wood um, images in his basement, put these beautiful images on hardbacks, and then sent them to Albania and to India to Mother Teresa's order. So I had this backdrop of amazing works. Simplicity, joy, faith, and um, you know, as I've grown up in my faith, we all we all wander a bit. But when you realize, is when you wander, you come back stronger. And um, that's really where I am now as a, a Catholic mom. And I just see myself as a little worker in the vineyard, just alongside the work that you're doing.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. And uh, and I love that how your grandparents made such an impact on you, and the devotion to the Sacred Heart. It's so important. And I thank Bill for mentioning the idea that we're patchwork heart ministry. There's a reason for that too. And that we have something in common here with the devotion to the sacred heart and, and caring about that heart of Jesus and, and prayer to him and through him. And so why don't we start out with your personal life with your your husband and your kids and tell us about that and, and what it's like for you being a mom of seven and ministering to your whole family?
2: Well, it's kind of hard. We, we live in a very non-Christian world. So I think if I told you it was sunshine and roses, um, I don't know if you'd even believe me, but the truth is we're in a great spiritual battle as Catholic parents. And um, I'm happily married of 22 years. Mm. My oldest is 21. So he came he came early in the marriage and all the way down to a five-year-old. So I've just been able to have this beautiful perspective on the importance of Catholic mothering I began ministry work, actually just promoting the dignity of motherhood, about 15 years ago. So I've always had that apostolic zeal to spread the faith, and you know I think too, and like for many of us parents, we've had to shift from no internet to internet parenting. So I, I was right there in the that breaking point of what it was like to spread the faith, you know, to go, I like to say I went from VHS to like smartphones. Like I I was able to bridge that, (laughs) but it's been hard. It's challenging. It's, it's got its good days. It's got its hard days, but in the core of our family is our Catholic faith. Um, we have always lived and practiced our Catholic faith to the best of our ability here in Columbus, Ohio. And One of the things I've learned is the importance of the new evangelization. You know, part of the new evangelization is that we all are self-appointed evangelizers, meaning you just do what you can in the moment to live out your faith. And with that spirit, the Lord has opened up some amazing doors. I never thought I'd be honored by my university for the work I've done to be able to be so influential in my local community and now um, extend that beyond even just my own brick and mortar doors. Um, to being able to even meet you today.
1: Oh, so beautiful. Uh, and And I love how you balance everything that you do as well, because having seven children, as you said, your oldest is twenty one, your youngest is five. There's big differences in there, right? with all the age uh, ages of your children. And I'm sure that your husband is active too with with family life and and being a dad and and providing. and so uh, it's just a beautiful thing. I have to mention, too, you're an author with Catholic Mom, so am I, so we have something in common there, too. Yeah, and I, really I, I love CatholicMom.com.
2: Yeah, I enjoy reading your work. That's, I think, where I first um, discovered, you know, even what you do as a, you know, um, just checking, you know, getting to connect with other women is is really important, especially in the height of those periods of loneliness, and when you're searching, you know, Catholic Mom, these great resources are are really important.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And that's what you're providing, right? You're providing resources. And I want to again, mention emilyjaminet.com and welcomehisheart.com. So why don't we start out with, if we could, your own devotion
2: to the Sacred Heart. Please tell us more. Sure. You know, one of the things I think it was comes down to, you can't give what you don't have. And as you mentioned, my vocation as wife and mom, I kept saying to my husband, I wasn't raised with seven kids. I came from a smaller, very, you know, kind of structured family. And all of a sudden, as you mentioned, the span of my children and understanding this responsibility I have in raising a Catholic family in a secular world, I I can say that that profound, you can't give what you don't have. So you have to develop a prayer life. And with developing that prayer life, for me, it's all about the heart to heart relationship with Jesus that, that I like to say that heart transplant, I pray Jesus, like, give me a heart transplant, like teach, you know, set my heart on fire with love for God, for family, for all of humanity. And, and even that hope that humanity can shift towards God. Um, all of that to me comes from this devotion, a personal devotion where I have multiple images throughout my home. We pray to the sacred heart. We have a beautiful family prayer that we all pray to the sacred heart. Um, even my young ones know it. And I call it the Catholic school prayer because I literally stuck it above my visor in my car and I would hand it to my oldest on the way to school and say, let's start praying to the sacred heart. So it began as simple as that. And it's developed um, now into really heading up a ministry that I, I had no idea um, I would be doing that. But all of this came from those moments where you, you got to experience faith to pass on faith. And multiple times do so I remember kneeling down before my images saying Jesus, fill my heart. Help me, help you know. Transform our family. Those those, par- those prayers are powerful. I can't say enough to your listeners that um, that's where the Lord loves those doorways when when we open our heart.
0: Yeah, you know that's so so beautiful, Emily. And uh, I I really like how you know it, it started with handing you know your son a prayer on the way to school. Uh, you know to pray to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That is that is phenomenal. Uh, and just a beautiful uh, a beautiful thing because I think when things grow organically like that too, you know we 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 allow the Holy Spirit to develop and grow um, and and you know take it from the mustard seed to the mustard tree, right? Like it like it, 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 it can truly uh, show all of God's beauty when when something starts small like that. Uh, and, and you know we get to see that growth process. The other thing that always comes to mind too, uh, when you talk about the Sacred Heart, is the fact that, you know, we, we all, you know, you, you talk about the heart transplant, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think that's so cool uh, because, you know, we, we all have wounded hearts, right? That's where Patchwork Heart Ministry, it gets its name. Um, you know, we all have wounded hearts. And uh, the only person that can patch them, the only person that can, that, that can you know, make that, um, you know, whole is jesus right you know and and so you know and, and it's a great oxymoron too it's like you know we wound our own hearts through sin through uh all the different ways uh that we fail throughout the course of our day and our lives but god who had the perfect heart came down here to, to allow his heart to be wounded for us you know and it, it, it it's just the you know the, the you know the one perfect heart <laughs> in the world uh was chosen to become wounded he chose to have his heart wounded uh you know and and you see that in the image of the sacred heart with the pierced uh you know the piercing where the sword pierced it and and the crown of thorns around it uh in a lot of images uh i would love for you to talk a little bit about the sacred heart uh and 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 the devotion to it um as well because i know you're you know very close to to the sacred heart of jesus so i'd love for for you to talk about you know what what that you know what that devotion is and and where it came from and and then how families can really plug themselves into getting closer to it
2: well i think you touched on so many important things and and the truth is is that it is the most wounded heart right like as we talk about our brokenness sometimes it overwhelms us but to think that jesus even allowed his heart to physically be struck with the lance and we can read that right in the gospel stories we can look at the betrayal that he went through in his friendship, talk about a brokenness, you know, to the point that he was so anxious, you know, that he was sweating blood, knowing about the crucifixion. These are all real sufferings that our Lord went through. But yet it gives us hope for our sufferings and to see the value. You know, the crucifixion and death of our Lord is what brought value to suffering. We have to always go back to that pivotal point in history. Now, um, where did this devotion come from? So we like to go back, you can read in the gospels about how much he loves us. You can read about his beating heart and how John rested his head on his heart. I like to meditate that um, as well. I encourage your listeners to think about, you know, Jesus holding on to you, or you putting your head on his heart when you're suffering as we do, you know, young children. But really St. Margaret Mary Alico in the 1670s brought this devotion to a completeness, a fullness and an expression that had never been seen before when Jesus appeared to her in the convent in Perrier, France. And when he appeared to her, he appeared with his heart outside of his body. So um, for us, we have grown up with that image for many, many Catholic homes. That image is always present, ever present, this image of Jesus with his heart outside his body. But I can only imagine uh, what this little saint, this little saint of only two years of formal education, thinking she was going to live a quiet, cloistered life, and then this tremendous responsibility to not only proclaim the love of god but what is reparation that we can offer up um our difficult tasks you know she just her diaries are so full and rich in spiritual teachings she's called the apostle of the, the great apostle of the sacred heart but what is really touching to me are the 12 promises and these promises are a summary of many promises people think like oh Was it just a list of promises? No. You know, when you go through her writings, you can see where these promises are rooted, Hmm. such as I will give you grace necessary for your state in life. You know, but all of these promises are also rooted in gospel teachings, such as our Lord keeps his promises. He's the the best promise keeper. I always remind my children, I'm actually not a very good promise keeper. I'm not a good secret keeper, but Jesus definitely is the perfect um, keeper. That that amazing gift that he wants us to be holy, he wants us to grow in in grace. So, I I love this devotion because it gives all of us hope, first of all, and it is really the summary of what it means as a Catholic to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are looking to make him your Lord, King, Savior, and friend of your life, turn to the Sacred Heart. You know, develop this devotion, and from these promises from the 1670s has developed even a movement called enthronement of the Sacred Heart, which came about around 1907, where um, Father Mateo, this priest out of Chile, saw the impact of secularism on Catholic families, specifically the breakdown. And I like to say through poverty, farming, industry. But we now see the breakdown in a very different way. But the graces are the same, is that we expose and honor his heart so that we shall be blessed, just like the promises of the Sacred Heart. And with that, it, it truly comes alive.
1: Yeah, coming alive is where it all happens to, right? Because people want to see that it's something real. And I think with you, they do. I was looking at your website. I, I love what you wrote here, and I just want to read it to others on the podcast here. It's on a personal note on the website that you're a Christian Catholic woman who's looking to find meaning and purpose in your vocation as a wife and mother each day, and that you enjoy... Uh, your walk with motherhood and the lessons learned by serving as a catholic leader in your ministry work and you found that as women we have a unique calling to share the gospel message both inside and outside our homes you've learned over years that christ is there in the small moments throughout the day offering us quote meaningful moments we're going to talk about that where we are called to be strengthened and nourished while growing in appreciation for the people and beauty that God, that surrounds us He wants to lead us to, quote, green pastures and still waters, as in Psalm 23. He wants our soul at rest, no matter who we are and what we do. And so let's go back and back up to those meaningful moments, because you as a mom and as someone who's in ministry, tell us more about that.
2: Well, I think it's that call to integrated living, right, that we don't just practice our faith, you know, on Sunday morning and it's, you know, we're at mass and we're at the family, but really the Lord is starving. He's breaking, he's knocking on our doors. He's like, please, please let me in. Please let me in the ordinary moments. And, and that's really where I did find Jesus was that knowing that, you know, when you have four kids under the age of five, you're not just going to be able to go. I told my husband one time, like I'm going to start going to daily mass. And he's like, I can't not go to work so you can go to church (laughs) because it literally was impossible for me to go and navigate some of these parts of my life early in motherhood but yet I could experience Jesus in offering up my tasks, praying, you know, literally as I put the laundry in the laundry machine, Lord bless this kid, Lord bless that kid, Lord be the king of our home. And what I found is when he became more and more the king of my home, the savior to my family, not only Mm -hmm. to me, he started to reveal what I needed to know. And that's what I always like to say is he's got these awesome lenses. You put on your Jesus lenses and you start to see your reality, different, that what your priority might've been two years ago could have been a very, you know, high lucrative career, you know, might be now you're in ministry work and you're, you're trusting that the Lord, you know, will provide he, he, he re what's, what's most important. And with that recentering centering I also found that he gave me this tremendous understanding that like our teenagers, every, every aspect, there's an opportunity for him to work. So now when I wake up in the middle of the night and I walk in my home, I don't do it begrudgingly. If, if I wake up, I'm like, Lord, what do I need to know in this moment? What are you trying to reveal to me? You know, is there a child that, that has, you know, a hurting heart that needs a motherly hug? Is there a child that needs discipline? Is there a child, you know, just always open to those moments. So to me, those, those are the meaningful moments that um, definitely have transformed my, my spirituality.
0: Hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it's so so beautiful that you are able to recognize that, and and just really surrender the your entire life, you know, from from laundry to waking up in the middle of the night, you know, everything is uh, surrendered to Christ and uh, and to the Sacred Heart, right? And so I know you kind of alluded to the. Uh, enthronement as well, and you have, of course, the, the new book out, and or, or the book out on the sacred heart, and you've got this whole ministry uh, that really helps people make the sacred heart the center of their home, and um, I would love it if you would just talk a little bit about your efforts to, to do that, and how and how people can literally put the sacred heart of Jesus in the center of their home.
2: Well, you know, I love when you talked about organically earlier. I think you said the mustard seed to the mustard tree. I, I think that's really um, relevant to to my own participation in, in the Sacred Heart legacy. Because as I mentioned, my grandparents, well, my parents were overwhelmed by many of the issues. Each anyone that lives in the city, you know, where is the city going? And seeing you know, l- love of city really motivated them to promote enthronement locally here in Columbus, Ohio. We have 2,500 homes enthroned, and it was it was a beautiful ministry. So initially, I just wanted to promote that, get that message out, like this is hope for families. But what I found is it's much bigger than just Columbus, Ohio. It's for it's a calling to go to go broad and wide. Is really my mission. Um, I received an email this past week, and someone said, ever since I you know just even started hearing about the Devotion to Sacred Heart. My heart has leapt and I feel different and I feel the depression, you know, like being pushed away. And I, I see meaning in my life because the truth is when you look at his heart, you know, you're loved. And when you know that you're loved by God almighty, it changes your whole life. Like talk about healing. That's, that's the greatest form of affirmation is that we have a God that loves us, that, that wants to be a part of our, our life as friend, King, King. King, Savior, friend, brother, and I love to say protector and provider. So there's no aspect of our life that can be, you know, sheltered from God's love. He He finds every bit of our brokenness and our crevices and our, our dark spots, and he wants to awaken that part of our heart and set it on fire. So enthronement is just that. It's, you know, a, the idea of from Joshua is for me, my house we shall serve the Lord, to revelations where he's knocking on the door. It just, you welcome him in. There's three simple stages to enthronement. I like to say it's not a sacrament, it's devotion. So if you don't perfectly practice these three phases, you can still, you know, enthrone your home. So first preparation, preparing for the great king to come through prayer, through finding a place where you want to hang this image. What is it going to look like for our family? Preparing your hearts, going to confession, you know, um, seeking forgiveness amongst your family members. We lead people up to that point. Next is the next stage is enthronement. Literally saying, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You pray the prayer of consecration. You give your life to the sacred heart because he is the king of kings. Only Jesus's heart can be enthroned because he is the king. Obviously, Mary, we can consecrate our our hearts to her. We can consecrate our life to her. But it is different with enthronement because he is truly the king of kings. He comes hmm. as king under that title. And then living the enthronement, that's the next piece Um you know, just what what's going to happen differently? What needs to change? Am I willing to embrace First Friday devotion, prayer, prayers of trust? Am I willing to give him my finances? Am I willing to give him every aspect of my life? And in return, you know, he's going to lead and direct. So that's a little bit of an, uh, an overview. We have a ton of materials. We have actual images. We have booklets. We have prayer cards at welcomesheart.com. We have some really moving videos. Um, I love when people tell me how much the videos on our website mean to them because they've really touched my heart. As our founding priest um, said, Father uh, Sash he said, You know, it all began when a couple asked for a blessing of a divorce. And he said, I was so overwhelmed as a new priest. Like, what? I can't give you a blessing to get divorced, but I can strengthen your marriage through grace, through the enthronement. So that's a a quick summary, but hopefully it wasn't too long of an explanation. (laughs) No, I I love that story
1: about the the wedding, the blessing for the divorce and then what it turned into. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Why don't we turn to your writing? Because I know you've authored some books and I would love for people to know more about that so they can buy your books. Please tell us all about
2: it. Sure. Thank you. Um, The first book that I wrote actually when I was pregnant with my seventh child, 40th birthday was uh, Divine Mercy for Moms. And that book focus on the works of mercy and this divine mercy relationship divine mercy devotion. So um, tying these together and making it very practical, Michelle Fanley, who had just done so much ministry work, we wrote it together and we shared personal stories and experiences in that book. And it was needed to it actually, we wrote it, we wrote it be, right before the year of mercy. So it was amazing timing to be able to um, release that in the year of mercy. Uh, then we wrote about spiritual friendship, the importance of spiritual friendship. What does a virtuous friendship look like? As women, you know, and it can be, friendship can be complicated. Women aren't always the best of friends. But when we look at the, the verse of Sirach 614, about a sturdy friend, you know, that can be that shelter. What does that look like through um, saint friends that were two women pairs that were friends that were saints talking about virtue and lots of stories. So that's the friendship project. Um, our friend Faustina is a, a beautiful book that focuses on women. It's a compilation book who were touched by our St. Faustina and that devotion. And really different, there's so many aspects to Saint to the Divine Mercy devotion. We thought it was really neat to say, you know, what, what does it look like to be friends with St. Faustina? How, how has she impacted your life spiritually? That book is pr- um, actually printed by Marian Press, the Marian Fathers, and we did a compilation. Um, we've done some free videos for each one. So it's neat to work with Father Chris Alar with that project um, as well. Then Prayfully is a book that came out right before the pandemic. It highlights um, simple steps for becoming a woman, of prayer, teaching women how to pray. I think sometimes we can focus, We I like to say we evangelize with like, our catechism first or our teachings first, but we don't rewind it enough to even, you know, teach the busy bee how to pray. Cause a lot of women are busy bees like myself that we, we got to slow down and pray. And um, so that's prayfully. And then in October, I just released Secrets of the Sacred Heart. And then, you know, I, I um, also most recently have contributed and edited towards a Sacred Heart prayer journal. So I was thinking last time we were talking about, you know, what do you do if you've already enthroned, you know, and you don't know what to do forward. Um, There's so many beautiful prayers, novenas, and opportunities to just um, keep going deeper. So that was a fun project. It's called Sacred Heart Prayer Journal. And um, it's just been a a compilation piece I just uh, contributed to recently. So that's a little bit of an overview. of. uh, But I don't watch any TV. So if you're wondering what the heck is Emily doing with all this and children, I cut out my TV time and I make that my ministry time. So that's how I'm able to get all this stuff done. Mm,
1: That's wonderful. No, good idea. Good idea. And I like uh, how you listed everything. Now, is there a place, what would be the best place online for people to see that full list? Would it be the emilyjaminette.com where you would have the list of all the books?
2: Yes, emilyjaminette.com. And then Inspire the Faith is where we keep all of our Bible studies. So all the free um, DVD or actually free videos for each book. Cause each one can be a book club now, because I, I wrote, um, secrets to the sacred heart really to focus on the sacred heart devotion. That one is best at inspire the faith. Cause I wanted, I mean, at welcome his heart because I wanted people to, to just fall in love with the heart of Jesus and see that, you know, that this devotion can come alive and it can feed you for the rest of your life. The great thing is it's from your first breath, to your final breath is, is this devotion. It, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. You can't, you can never out, you know, outdo the sacred heart.
1: Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's good for us to be discussing this because I told you the last time that we talked that I did the enthronement a while ago. And what you did was inspire me to talk to the rest of my family where we're doing something. I, I said, let's think about what we can do either individually or together uh, in honor of the Sacred Heart. And so we've got a conversation going now during our nightly prayer time and, and also some prayers devoted to the Sacred Heart. So thank you for inspiring this family here. And I, I know that you're going to inspire other families
2: too. Well, I'll definitely make sure and get you guys some prayer cards to our um, Holy Hearted Jesus prayer. It's really neat the number of thousands. I'm actually printing another 10,000 this week and the number of people that have asked for these prayer cards and um it's actually a neat thing in the fact that my my great uncle not my grandmother but my great uncle my mother asked him actually the eve before he passed away from a heart attack how is it you have so much peace in your life joy in your life you've lived this beautiful life you're in your late 80s and he said oh it all comes down to my devotion to the sacred heart in the simple prayer i pray every day so with that he sealed it in an envelope he put her name on it put it on his desk. And that night he died of a heart attack. So it was really a new beginning for us to say, this is a tremendous mission to promote prayer to the sacred heart and in, in that personal consecration. So I love that your family's having that conversation as well. And, um, my son said, mom, did we do the enthronement?" Or he said, mom, I, you did first Friday for me. Right. And I said, you're 21. You get to do First Friday for you. I said I did First Friday for me, but you know, even like this, it doesn't stop if you do it one time. Keep going to mass on First Friday. Keep, keep, you know, hit the repeat button and give those graces to someone else as well.
1: Yeah, hit the repeat button. I like <laughs> that. That's something that we won't forget. Um, so thanks for talking about your authorship and the Sacred Heart. How about your speaking? There's people listening who might be interested. I know you're located in Ohio. Bill's out in Wisconsin. I'm in Philadelphia. But there could be some people listening anywhere in between that might say, hmm, you know, pandemic is pretty much over for the most part. At least we think it is. Um, and it would be a good time to have you speak. So tell
2: us more. Sure. Thank you. Um, you know what? The speaking always complements my family life. So. Uh, you know, when people ask me to speak, it's really, is truly a privilege. It's like moms get, gets, get a little getaway where I've been able to lead retreats, um, do evenings of reflection, the goddess chapters, but opportunities just to talk about these important subjects, usually uh, pertaining to the the heart of Jesus, the importance of that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm actually going to be in the Philadelphia area. The stewardship mission of faith is having their conference. They didn't have it last year. So I'm very excited to be able to be at that conference in October. I've done, um, we have a Sacred Heart Congress in November, which I actually run the back end and the front end of that event. So it's a little stressful, but it's it's really great. So I absolutely take it as a compliment when people go to emilyjaminette.com and see if we can come up with an arrangement um, to be able to speak. And actually, I'm going to be heading back to EWTN this week, mm-hmm. or next week for my uh, second round of tapings for um, another program. That I'll be doing four episodes. So it's just it's something I love. Ministry work. I love spreading the faith and showing that ordinary women can um, achieve um, hopefully extraordinary faith. So I'm I'm working on it.
0: Yeah, you know it. It's really inspiring, and I, and I and I love how you say that. You know because because I know here in in our ministry, and I I know in Anne's and and Fiat Ministry Network, we just. All kind of feel like regular dudes, you know, regular dudes and dudettes. I mean, that's really what we are. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, trying trying our best to live live the faith. And I I really appreciate you know uh, you know you mentioning that particular thing because it's possible for anybody. You know, uh, it's a it, it's that Matthew Kelly book too. Um, you know, the greatest lie in the history of Christianity. Uh, he, he in that he writes uh, that the biggest lie is the fact that that Satan says you know holiness is for you know people like Mother Teresa, holiness is for Pope Francis, holiness is for those people. No, no, no. it's holiness is possible for for you and me and for everybody. Uh, everybody is called to holiness. That's born. That's that's you know baptized. Everybody is called to Holiness uh, and to and to know Jesus in a very special way Uh, And then as you said to become evangelizers, you know, each of us are called to evangelize out Uh, And and I think you know the contagious aspect, right? Like this just becomes contagious like once you once you get a little taste once you say Oh, I'm gonna hand that prayer card off to my son and we're gonna pray it on the way to school boom the Holy Spirit takes it and, you know, lights it on fire and does something incredible with it. So, you know, people out there listening, it can be something as small as that. Something as small and as little and because it's done with intention and it's done with, uh, you know, the, the right reason. Like, I, I want to teach my son i want to help other people uh you know uh, you know and and i mean you know you you through uh saint remin and foundation you're reaching out to the marginalized and and all of that like you, the, you know it doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing you know you don't have to become the next pope you just need to uh, focus on what god is calling you to in your heart and so i think uh that that you know, it's about having that heart-to-heart, as you said, Emily. It's about having that heart-to-heart with Jesus and what is he personally calling you to, and, you know, and it, and it might be just be the best, you know, wife and mom, uh, just like you and, and Anne, and then boom, the ministry just explodes off of that. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your faith uh, with us. It just has been awesome uh, to hear you, and I and I know so many people have been inspired by it.
2: Well, you know, one of the best Pete's of advice, you know, that was left with me that really changed my perspective is that, you know, we don't live by fear. We live by, you know, like mm-hmm. fear paralyzes us. Fear makes us say, I, I can't talk about faith. I can't tell that mom what to do. And, you know, I can't. But the truth is when you're open to the Holy Spirit, it's not, you know, it's I can. I, I would love to be a part of It's, It's a privilege to be a part of promoting authentic faith and, and to be able to team up with other workers in the vineyard, you know, I, I think it's, it's truly a privilege. The Lord's opened our doors so wide that I'm sure there's so many inspiring people that when you're having a bad day, just go back and read, you know, reread all your guests on your podcast and see the number of relationships. And, and that's, what's really important about work like this podcast work in the kingdom is that you know we're supposed to be encouraged. We're supposed to see, like in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, a future of hope. And so when the fear and the despair and the I can't and you know settles in, like uh uh-uh, uh, you know push that push that away and get that zeal that the Lord you know He wants to fill us with virtue and zeal and excitement. And so it's it's definitely possible. But all families, I believe strongly, all families at this time should have been thrown to the Sacred Heart because there's are special graces. And as the Israelites put the blood over their doorways to protect from the culture, well, really the angel of death. I believe the enthronement uh, is centers families so that you know the the Lord reveals to them who they are, their true identity as man and women. He reveals to us, you know, who are what are what is in our heart. He reveals to us the things we need to deal with in our own family, and there is spiritual spiritual protection. Any number of exorcists I've spoken to have all agreed that this is very powerful to honor his heart in your home. Yeah. So I encourage your listeners to, you know, hey, I don't care what format you use. You can use Father Burke's or, or um, Cardinal Burke's, but the truth is just enthrone your home.
0: Yeah, and, you know, maybe talk about the image, too. You know, the image, you, you know, you mentioned it a little bit about, you know, the heart of Jesus being out, but also, you know, uh, a, a worthy image of the of the sacred heart to place in your home? I mean, it shouldn't be just, you know, a print-off, I don't think, you know, off of the internet. I mean, if that's the only way you have to get it, I, and I know you have wonderful resources, but talk about the image and really what should be in the image uh, to place in the home.
2: Well, sadly, Jesus is definitely the king of all thrift stores in the Midwest.
1: <laughs> so if you're
2: looking for a good image, you know, save him. My mom's got a great sense of humor, and she's always like, Save Jesus from the thrift store. I had to go save Mary. So we started our own little collection but the truth is save them and give them to somebody else because these old images are priceless. I always prefer my um, beautiful antique images in my front office my front room and uh, you know even uh, you can enthrone with a statue or an image. Again, I love that you said it's respectful. There is some art that is not respectful you know just because his heart is exposed. you know, if ask your local priest if you're concerned, if that is just too edgy or too modern, it just might be, it might be a form that's um, not painted with respect. So everything has to be respectful to the Lord. You can have your image blessed. I highly encourage you to take your image to your local priest before you do the enthronement and say, you know, Father, would you like to come to our enthronement? If he says, like my brother is a Catholic priest, Emily, I have 5,000 parishioners. I cannot come to every parishioner's home. But he said, I can definitely always bless images after parish, you know, to give some words of encouragement and families go home and Mm -hmm. um, ask for me, my house, serve the Lord, do the the official enthronement. So, and the last thing is, is that one person always has to have the intention to practice the faith. So if, you know, your husband is not Catholic or not even open, you can still enthrone the image to the Sacred Heart, but it's very important that at least one person has the intention you know um to to live this out but it's not bindingly bad some people are like well what am i what promises if i don't have to keep it it's like no this is a journey that if you can't make the mark right away let's say first fridays or you know um prayer you know at least taking that first step is is really important it's a new beginning
0: yeah you know yeah. i as you mentioned the intention is so so important and i think uh we you know i i i talk a lot with my friend ray haywood Uh, In men's ministry uh, out in North Carolina, about intention uh, and being intentional, and just uh, you know living with intention. So uh, I think it's a great reminder that you were able to say that, uh, and just remember that this has to be an intentional journey. But in addition to that, um, you have to want to live your faith out. I mean, you know, Jesus just doesn't get put in the corner. He gets put some place of prominence. I know in in my home uh, he is right as soon as you walk in the door as soon as you walk in the door to our, to our apartment boom uh, there's the there is a the sacred heart of jesus um, and uh, and you maybe just touch on a little bit of that like where in the house and you know, is there a spot in the house that should that that it should go over some others you know
2: well i think that um, as ann mentioned as well with their home being in throne, it's in a predominant place that's actually one of the Um, Phrases that initially goes back to enthronement. So it needs to not be in your back storage room or you know I I do have an or I encourage multiple images I have an image of the Sacred heart in my bedroom where sometimes I do my morning prayer there in my front room I'm here in my office where I have my little statue that I light a candle when I'm working or just needing some extra I have some extra prayer intentions so it doesn't have to be one and done but definitely having it um, in a place someone said oh i think i need to ask my decorator i don't know where to hang it and i said well then call your decorator your handyman your whoever you know like yes you can you know make it beautiful but don't not hang it because you're nervous about you know um offending a neighbor or a you know a person like no jesus he he definitely wants to come in he wants to reveal so that he can heal he wants to be the the king of the home and This is something that almost, I was reading last night in Ireland, every family had an image, no matter how poor of the sacred heart and and his mother and even the Immaculate Heart. So do not, do not shy away from these powerful ways of expressing your faith.
1: Yeah, I I think it's beautiful. And I will just mention too, that I know that the Legion of Mary also really promotes uh, that because I used to be involved with the children's ministry with legion of mary when my daughters were younger and you know that that's that's also an important thing and i'm i'm grateful legion of mary that they do things like that um
2: we actually work with legion of mary i'm glad you brought that up a number of mm -hmm. people get our booklets um because we've actually updated our booklet to make it really easy for people to understand because one of the things obstacle to enthronement was a lot of people couldn't follow the booklets and the prayers were these and thous and this and you know it felt really old Mm. so it's um it does have an imprimatur from our bishop support uh, from our bishop and um is something in which is really important to us that people know what they're doing and it's clear and it's well done so i love when legion of mary makes orders from us
1: yeah, I think it's amazing. <laughs> May I mention again that that the other website is welcomehisheart.com. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm very interested because you have Sacred Heart enthronement material there. There's a deluxe kit which you know, people can go to the welcomehisheart.com and take a look at the different kits. Um one is $45, then there's also a welcome another welcome kit which is a suggested donation of $20, and then then you even have a digital download version which is suggested in, uh, in, in a package of seven dollars donation so there's all kinds of things there for your price range right whether right. you want to spend well, 50 45 20 forty-five
2: dollars I gotta say is framed images so there's no uh as you know shipping shipping in the internet you know sometimes it'll cost me to get to go to uh, Wisconsin it will be like seventeen dollars but but the truth is we want to get these materials out to people we want you know a lot of times people say can you send them framed because they want to put them right up you know framing is another obstacle for them other people have elaborate ideas of what they want to do and if you're like oh i want the unframed jesus mary i don't care i'll fill your order and get you what you need um especially with schools businesses parishes we've we've teamed up with um so many different little tiny uh opportunities to promote the faith
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I i just love that i want i did one more question and um And to get listeners of all types, we do have people who are married with children and families, and, and Catholics. We have uh, people that listen that are not necessarily Catholic. We also have people that might sound funny to say, but they don't have an immediate family. They might be a single person living on their own, or an older person who, you know, maybe a spouse died and and children don't live close by. So if you could speak to them too, because we're talking a lot about families, do you ever have individuals also who do this? And what, how does it help them as an individual living on their own? I
2: am so thankful you brought that point up. That was really an anointing of the Holy Spirit, because one of the things when we say the word family, you know, um, it's, it's beyond just mother, father, you know, and, and two children or whatever lives in that household. God views families so much wider and so when we enthroned you know and we say as for me and my house it's our entire relatives it's everyone um even in the writings of saint margaret mary Alaco, she speaks about how our relatives will be blessed because of us practicing this devotion like even that powerful imagery of saying you know what generations think of my great uncle bud that one prayer what blessings that has brought to my whole family we don't even know and that's on the earthly side. What even on, is on the, uh, the other side? So for a number of people have done the enthronement, at, I've had people at 80 years old say, I'm going to do the enthronement on behalf of all my family. that has already passed on because we know that there's powerful grace associated when somebody takes that step forward. So I can't say enough. Number of people have done the enthronement, college kids living on their own powerful stories of saying they received grace And lastly, I can't say enough about the number of people have said two areas that have most, I've seen the most fruit in fighting pornography and marriage issues. So that distorted love, the devil wants to distort love. So um, those, those vices and sin, powerful strength coming if you are struggling in those areas with your marriage. If you're, you know, like I said, if you're dealing with pornography addictions and also drugs and alcohol, the number of parents have said, life changed when we did the enthronement dealing with our teenagers addictions, spousal addictions, you know, just spiritual strength. So anyone that is struggling with any of this in their life, like run to enthronement, you know, make this your first step and then call for therapy and treatment in a second. So I they go they they don't compete, they complement.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, I never heard it said quite that way about those people who are single. But you're right, they have a family of origin, even if they're not living with anybody at the time, right? Whether they're older, younger, college age, or somebody living in in a metropolitan area with no roommate and no connection with their extended family. So it doesn't matter who they are. I mean, they they can do this. It's not just
2: for mom, dad, and the kids. Yeah, we really tried to update that. I'm really glad you brought that up because originally, Enthromant, when it came out in 1907, you know, most people were married very young. Their their immediate family was the center of society. That was that original cell. Uh, I received feedback from one woman who said she was a widow. She said, it, the enthronement changed everything about how I lived. And this was actually pre-pandemic. She said, now I walked in the door and said, hello, Jesus, I'm home. And she said, saying those words every time I left, you know, bye, Jesus, I'm leaving. Hello, Jesus, I'm home. She said it, it changed all of that on that silence and always thinking I'm alone. She said it just disappeared because now I know I'm not alone.
0: Mm. That's so, that's a great story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So wonderful. Emily, uh, this has been so much fun having you today. We definitely have to have you back because there's so much we can continue to talk about and share. Um, But as as we wrap up, please make sure you mention uh, your websites again and you know how anybody wants to reach out and contact you, uh, you know, Uh, please, please do that and give us a last little promo before we wrap up here.
2: Sure. Well, first I want to thank you. I'm a big fan of your podcast and I can't wait to share it with all my followers. So thank you. Um, Second, uh, again, inspirethefaith.com. I co-help with that project. It's got free Bible studies and book clubs um, for Catholic women to build spiritual friendships. So that's the focus of that emilyjaminette.com, you can learn about me, you can contact me, you can follow me on any of my social media platforms. I would be honored to stay in contact, stay connected to your listeners. And welcome is our little ministry that promotes the sacred heart of Jesus. And you can also get my newest book, uh, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus's Promises in Your Life. And soon I'll be also offering that sacred heart journal that I mentioned as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Thank you so much, Emma. Thank this you. Has been wonderful. Uh, folks, I want to remind you as we wrap up here uh, that uh, you can always follow a friend like our ministry at patchworkheart.org, and uh, don't forget to uh, like us on all those different social media channels. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andysantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at Ministry or andesantis 2